Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another week of Growing With My Fellow Growers. I am your host, Jack Greenstock. This week, I'm back, joined, as always, by an amazing panel. I'm going to kick it over first to Spartan Grown. Thanks, Jack. I'm Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word, no spaces. And um, if you don't do the Instagram, you can always shoot me an email at SpartanGrown at gmail.com. And I will uh, get back to you as quickly as I can. Uh, hopefully I can help you with any of your organic or your synthetic cannabis growing questions. Happy to have you back. Next up, Matthew Gates. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Gates, Integrated Pest Management Specialist. You can check me out in about three different places. You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at SyncAngel. You can check me out at zenthanol.com for professional pest mitigation inquiries. And you can also check me out at uh, my Patreon, Zenthanol, where you can subscribe and get a bunch of pest information for a very, very inexpensive amount, $1 a month. Happy to have you back and that you still provide that as a resource. It's an excellent resource for the people out there. Next up, Dr. MJ. Hey guys, yeah, Dr. MJ Coco from CocoForCannabis.com. Um, check me out there or on YouTube here at Dr. MJ Coco or on Instagram. I am excited for the show and I'm excited for next week's show too. I hope we tell everybody about what's going on there. Looking forward to that as well. Next up, Noah V. Grella. How's it going, everybody? Uh, yeah, I'm Noah the Grow on Instagram with two E's. You can find me there. And uh, happy to be here with all you guys. We're always happy to have you back. I've been creeping on your Instagram as always and uh, over there. Uh, I even mentioned that I might want to feature you in 50 Strands of Purple for that run that you recently posted was looking killer. But uh, with that said, next up, we got Brandon Russ. What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back. I'm here today with Carly, my lady. We're just kind of chilling, hanging out, smoking. We ate some edibles um yeah and uh yeah you can check me out on instagram at uh, rust.brandon and also check out bokashi.earthworks.com where you can get humate fertilizers microbes amendments all kinds of goodies that you could use in your garden well welcome back and cheers to miss moonbeam over there i think is her instagram uh i don't know the exact numbers and digits on all that stuff but i'm sure you could find her if you follow brandon last and certainly not least we've got the american one Hello, Jack and panel and everyone in chat. I'm the American one. Um, it's always good to be here and talking with you boys and talking about cannabis and everything involved. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get into some good stuff tonight. So I have a little bit of a story to share just to kind of kick us off on to our first topic for the evening, which uh, was sort of a humbling one in my years since I started growing back cannabis, even in the small scale. I haven't had a situation where I killed off 100% of my seedlings until this year. And that made me think, well, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, right? I have the knowledge. I know the science, but there's also the practice of it. Like I'm from a yoga background and people will call yoga a practice. Even things like medicine are referred to as practice and they're always using science to better it and things like that. But um, even Dr. MJ, their slogan over at CocoForCannabis.com is the science and practice of growing cannabis. And it is interesting that, you know, there are a lot of people out there and especially a lot of listeners here. If you've been listening since the beginning, you probably know the science or at least a good amount of science about the plant, but the actual practice of putting it into play is a different thing. So in my case, uh, I'll share about my seedlings. I popped like 13. That's how many cups I had. 
and I think almost every single one did pop except for one. Um, and then from there, you know, they had got going and within the first week in Southern California, we had quite the heat wave and we even had a uh, planned power outage here for improvements to the grid for 10 hours. So in that time, I focused on keeping my wife, myself and my cats happy, you know, getting airflow in the house and doing things that I could to help us get by. But in doing so, the plant suffered. I didn't adequately prepare. And so almost not one by one, but like a few at a time, they all died off. And now I'm at the point where I'm gonna have to pop some new seeds. And it just reminded me that even if you know what you're doing, even if you pop seeds hundreds of times, you can still mess it up if you're not on the ball and kind of keeping focused and, and keeping on track. And a while back, I posted something from Noah. It was actually a clip from the show where he was like, when it's time to clone, you clone. He's like, the best growers I know are the hardest workers because when it's time to transplant, you transplant. And like, if you wait, they, they suffer, you know? And if you have to trim a bunch and put it all away, he talks about like the time and the effort. Uh, and it really, there is a lot of labor that goes into it. It's a labor of love for a lot of us. But I think that it's often under-discussed and we get really deep into the science sometimes. So I think uh, this week could be a good reminder of maybe people sharing their own stories and examples or reminders of how to keep motivated. And I guess with uh, me using Noah as an example, I'll pass it to you first because I know that you've got that fire because even when you were injured and had to scooter around with one working leg, you were still getting out there to the grow and making it happen and you know pulling the people in that you needed to from family and friends and making it work. But I just kind of love to hear your thoughts on you know, many people have the knowledge, but what about the execution? What about the actual practice? Yeah, um, we were talking a little bit about this before we went live. And uh, I was going to say, it's almost more frustrating when you make a mistake, when you do know what you're doing, because most of the time it's going to be because, you know, it could be, like you said, you have other engagements, but, you know, it could be also you just didn't feel like doing it on time. And those type of mistakes really do frustrate me. I've made them. Every, every grower is going to make them. Um, but if you just minimize those, you're going to be more successful. I mean, I've made a ton of mistakes. I don't even know where to begin. You know, I mean, everybody I'm sure growing weed for a long time has, so it's just, it's just part of it, but it, it can be more frustrating because, you know, I'm always hard on myself when I, uh, you know, I feel like I let myself down with my plants down because you put a lot of effort into it, you know, from a clone, it takes, you know, a good four months almost to, to get a harvest. And then a lot of things can go wrong, wrong along the way. So. Um, yeah, you definitely want to try and hit all your marks and do the best things you can for your plants at all times. That's great advice as always. And, uh, doc, I also mentioned you a little bit in the intro there and your website's kind of one of their mottos. I don't know if it's even like the slogan, uh, yeah. generally, but I've often heard you say the science and practice of growing cannabis over on cocoforcannabis.com. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on maybe what Noah said or the intro topic. Yeah, like you're talking about, Jack. I mean, there's a difference between sort of understanding what to do and then doing it. Like, I can I can play basketball in theory really well, right? But like in practice, like maybe you could kick my butt, right? Like, and, and you know, using that as an example, you could you could see like how somebody could be much better than me. I'm not actually that great in basketball theory, but somebody could be really good in the theory and the science of basketball. And somebody else could be really good at like actually playing basketball, right? Actually sort of like, and maybe not know the science really at all. They're two different skill sets. 
Um, and when you kind of put them together, oftentimes is when when better things emerge. But most scientists will talk about the difference between sort of the, the theory or the science on the one hand and sort of the, the real world application of that or the, the practical application of that and the practice of it. Um, and certainly in growing, I think it, it's huge. Um, you know, and, and hearing about your your struggles, um, first of all, kudos to you for sort of sharing the struggles. I think that that's really important. Um, I struggled with my last grow, just like with time management. I never got my automatic watering set up. It felt like, you know, a constant sort of, I was constantly behind. I was like, it was already time to water. And I didn't have my nudes mixed. And you know, I missed waterings every once in a while. I just like stupid, like hand watering multiple times per day um, is a tough practice to get yourself into in the first place. But I felt it. I mean, it was different than sort of knowing what to do and not being sort of well set up for it and trying to struggle through it. And then I, you know, I harvested, I got to a successful harvest and um took a long break over the summer and now I got seedlings growing together I'm like oh crap it's starting again I gotta stay on top of my game I gotta keep the seedlings happy I gotta you know make sure everything's mixed in advance make sure I've got you know the equipment laid out for the next steps before it's like they already need it um so yeah I think time management is is one of the big deals in terms of the difference between sort of knowing what to do and then putting it into practice. Um, anyways, those are some of my thoughts. I like the topic. That's a, a big one. And time management in life in general for people um, is, is difficult unless you're like an extremely type A, highly organized person where you've got everything on the schedule. Some people it comes more naturally too, but I know a lot of people, uh, the more we work and have family relations, friends, uh, personal lives, you know, it's, it's tough to fit everything in there especially the plants. It's they don't tough to always have the plants be top of the list, man. Like you're talking about, right? You try to keep yourself, your wife happy during the, the heat wave, right? It's like, and new growers, I think your first grow, your first couple of grows, the plants are top of your list, man. I mean, you're like canceling plants with your friends because it's time to water. You're like, you know, ignoring your, your children's graduation because it's time to harvest. It's like the, the plants are, are number one, but it, yeah, it's tough to keep that up year in, year out. And I think the practice sometimes, that's why I always, I like being sort of better set up and, and investing well and sort of getting set up so that you have what you need to be successful and to not have to be sort of working too hard at it, you know, to have a grow that sort of works with you, not works against you. Um, but yeah, to try to stay on top of things when you're balancing a bunch of different priorities in your life, because we all have different priorities and the plants can't always be number one. Even though they, they never take holidays, they don't take breaks. They're a living yeah. thing. And they're just like, we're going to keep fucking going no matter what. They don't care uh, what event or, or occasions going on in your life. They're just like, we're going to keep on soldiering forward. And if you don't take care of us, we're going to get out of shape real quick. But Brandon, I know in the past, you've talked a little bit about sometimes like the old uh, stereotype of flooding your grow room and uh, how probably a lot of people that's happened to, but on top of that, maybe, some stories about just I know you've got a lot of you do have a lot of science so trying to hit those marks with all the data analytics that you've got with uh, you know soil samples tissue samples and keeping all that it seems like you got to kind of be juggling a fair amount over there so I'm just curious uh, what the practice is like for you at this point in time I mean it's pretty standard uh, we have SOPs for all the different aspects of the cultivation 
And so that makes it easy. But just because you have an SOP doesn't mean that, you know, one variety that's new that you try out isn't going to be like, hey, I need more of this. And, you know, that wasn't pre-planned ahead of time to be able to, you know, automatically know that a certain cultivar is going to have a higher nutrient demand for something like phosphorus or potassium or, you know, and so those are things that you can run into uh, pretty easily. Also, things that happen uh, uh, in commercial settings is if certain work doesn't get done in a timely manner, uh, that can have a negative impact. Environmental parameters with uh, power outages and things going out, like it's really- Tornadoes. Yeah, well, here's the thing, you know, with your, you could have, you know, your room running optimally and then all of a sudden, you know, the seasons change and then, you know, during this transition, it's like you're constantly having to monitor things because as it gets cooler, your air units are, you know, more efficient. And so maybe you need to actually, you know, turn them down as, it, you know, so there's things like that that you have to be really mindful of. Uh, especially because at scales, it can be a lot harder, you know, to control all the aspects in the environment uh, because you need, you know, to try to keep everything consistent. So that's one of the things that, you know, we're always mindful of making sure that the environmental parameters are, are correct to give the appropriate growing environment. That's really important. I know uh, SOPs are great, but if you don't have a team that's going to follow them, that can also trip you up because uh, it's all about the team who is executing it. And I know some of us, uh, I think not to put them down or anything, but I, I don't know if Tao, I think in the past you've referred to yourself as kind of like a lower tech grower and you don't got a ton of stuff, you know, super fancy stuff going on, but you've been growing fire for a long, long time. I'll say this. Good help is impossible to find. If you trust someone, you better be married to them and, Hopefully, Brandon, your 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 uh, woman there is a hundred percent in with you. Yeah, that's my issue because I've gotten. Uh, I know Spartan hates when I talk like this, but my uh, a couple of times in my growing experience, I had to leave and I left it up to someone else, and it never panned out right. So I have very trust issues, and yeah, you know, it is you have to be vigilant twenty four seven three sixty five. And I, what happens with me is I go through cycles. I admit it. I said it before. I'll get everything on point. Everything will be beautiful. I'm loving my garden. I'm loving my life. And then I slack off a little. You get a little lazy. And then shit gets a little funky. And then when it gets too funky, then I get a little depressed. And then and then it kind of snowballs a little. Then I pull myself up and out. And I get everything right again. And it kind of starts over. So I keep saying I'm trying to break that cycle. And I, I have like gotten it to where the ups and downs are a lot smaller. But um yeah if it's all you you got to be like yeah they have to be like your children you know you really got to take care of them like they're gonna if they die you die so and it is it's a, it, it the more plants you have the more work it is but the other part of it is i i don't like automation either because i don't like having things that i have to plug in all the time and the more automation is generally the more plug more plugs you have to plug in and more electric you have to use but kind of going off on a tangent but yeah um 
It is difficult at times to make sure everything's on point. And then there's other things that are at, way beyond your control that will mess stuff up. So, you know, like that one time when I, I, I don't know, I guess it was in my control, but it was something I never thought about. Those little worms that were in my seeds. I'm convinced they were in my seeds because now there's been a couple other uh, anecdotal evidences where they just stuck the seeds in water and those little worms grew out of them or came out, came somehow. So, you know, like there's an instance that I couldn't, I maybe could have, now I could take measures to, you know, not at least know if, if it happens instead of digging them up and finding them. But there's other things like, like it, it would be hard if there was a power outage for a, a week and you didn't have a generator on hand or, you know, things like that. And, you know, um, yeah, so it's always difficult, but you just got to keep going keep pushing on and learn from every mistake that ever crossed your path and yeah just keep uh but yeah vigilant 24 7 is is the key a lot of people are definitely agreeing to that in the chat and uh one of the things to be vigilant about i guess i'll pass it over to matthew as i'm sure you've got plenty of examples of times where the practice didn't go quite as planned for people in their cultivation environments because maybe lack of ipm or even with good ipm it still can come around your way. So I'm curious if you have any just general thoughts on the practice of growing versus the science of it. I think you might still be on mute. Yes. Um, I'm glad that uh, Brandon and, and Tao mentioned both of those things because I feel like as I've sort of matured in the space, you know, that you know, it was always an important thing. It's not like I didn't know that or didn't understand the importance of, of good teamwork and people doing things. But yeah, like a lot of problems in organizations in general, um, you know, are, are, you know, sort of human functions of people just not doing something correctly, whatever that might think might be. Even if the plan is right, people might not execute it correctly, like we've already said. And that can lead to, you know, even bigger problems or it lets problems kind of persist and fester, right? Uh, IPM obviously is, um, you know, it's, it's sort of full of that. It's a, it's a pest management strategy that requires the integration of multiple techniques. And, you know, kind of obviously, if you're relying on a couple of critical ones and those don't happen, then obviously the plan has to be changed uh, potentially, right? And you can have some, some pretty big problems that way. Um, I also feel like it is hard to get people who understand or are going to care like you are. I recently, this is actually not related to the cannabis space, but I recently had a conversation with somebody essentially about this topic because um, this friend of mine is just sort of dealing with a pretty suffocating uh, business culture, to be honest. And uh, they just seem to expect them to like grind themselves into the dust. And uh, what happens is that other people start to, um, you know, they just start to fail, right? They just like, <laughs> they just fail to do the job correctly. Either they don't get enough time to recover from work or, um, you know, they, uh, you know, all, all the minutiae, you know, I don't have to get into a lot of detail there. So yeah, so like when it comes to like a commercial or even just like a private sort of situation where you're trusting other friends and things, you know, they better, they better actually have the maturity to execute appropriately. 
and not just simply be there as like fair weather friends, you know, who are just hanging out, you know, not actually doing anything potentially. Um, at the same time, though, if you're just there to hang out, that's totally fine too. But you should, you have to know. Yeah, you have to kind of delineate that. That's a great point. I wanted to uh, kind of follow up with that and say that just generally, like ambiguity is horrible for teams. So people don't know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and then on top of that, like communication needs to be very clear. So even if you have an SOP, like it could be written one way, but people interpret something. You have 10 different people walk into the room and read a sentence. They all kind of interpret it a little bit differently. So you have to have all 10 people walk into that room together, look at that sentence on the board, and then have the person who read it, wrote it, describe it in layman terms, even if it seems like it's in layman terms, or make it so black and white and straightforward that it can't be misunderstood. Like, I think there was some philosopher that said, you know, write it so that it can't be misunderstood or else it's not clear. Essentially, yeah. something like that. I actually think having an SOP and following it are, is a good example of sort of the difference between like theory and practice. Um, like having a good SOP is sort of knowing what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, the actual practice is like doing that. Um, I, but I think that the the larger point is like in a commercial setting, labor is just totally different, right? So it's somebody's job and they're getting paid for that. And it, it better be sort of their number one priority when they're working, you know, or they're going to get fired. Like their number one priority can't be like, I need to make sure my wife stays cool. Like Jax was during the, the, the you know, heat wave. Um, or can and, I text my wife on the job? Like some people are just yeah. going to fuck off and, and basically steal time. And yeah. one thing is like, I, I didn't mention was burnout needs to be avoided. So like, if you have somebody like Matthew mentioned, who's just working their nose to the grindstone, it might be admirable. And there might be a culture of people that are like, rah, rah, let's work as hard as we can and, and put your head down and work as hard as you can. But at a certain point, you actually get less performance, like whether it's weightlifting or doing uh, cognitive tasks. If you work seven days a week and just tire yourself out, you're not going to get as much performance as if you do six or five days per week and just do better quality work and have some actual rest and recovery. Yeah, certainly. But I think it's still, I mean, I'm sort of driving at a, a kind of a different distinction because we're not paying people to sort of maintain our grows as like home growers, right? We got to find this time from like our other tasks that we do during the day. We got to, you know, also to have a job and take care of our family responsibilities and, and the rest of the things that we do. And we're taking, making time for our grow, um, in a way that in a commercial sense, it, it is somebody's job and they might not be doing a good job. And so you might need to find somebody else that does a better job, but it's like somebody's job. In my situation, when my own grow, it's like nobody's there is the problem. Like nobody has time to manage this situation, right? Like we need to, to find time from something else and reallocate priorities in sort of a different way um because of that but no i definitely think a lot of the comments you guys are making are valid in, in regards to sort of having a good job and having good workers but as as home growers we're just dealing with labor kind of differently it's like our own spare time so i'd love to get spartan's take on this because i know he's been sitting quietly over there just token along with us but uh he's worked on both ends of it recently and you know especially when you're in there and, and I know Brandon has and, and many others have as well, but um, I just wanted to throw it over to Spartan and see what your kind of thoughts are, because I know Mitt and Kanako had a certain SOP and having it and following it are two different things. I'm curious to kind of hear your thought on the science versus the actual practice, more focusing on the practice of things and the conversation so far. 
Thanks, Jack. Um, you know, I can come with a big example. I can come up with an example where it affected me recently at home. And um, I guess the best way I can put this is, is I don't want to say, I don't think complacency is the right word, maybe overconfidence. Um, and what it is, is, is uh, as a grower, and the, the more you grow and the more you do things over and over and over again, you tend to think, I can do this. I've done this a million times. It's not a big deal. And so one of my, and it was an SOP at the commercial level as well, but my own SOP, SOP here at home has always been to take more clones than what I need. And being that if the case they don't all take, then I'll have backups and I'll, have, I'll be able to save the genetics. Well, just recently with my bliss bud, you know, the bliss bud, which would be probably one of my most important genetics that I have right now, in my opinion. And uh, it's just because it's my own creation. And it's, I had a, uh, I was taking cuts like I normally do. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take one. This always, these always root. It's not a big deal. I'll just take one. And I always take cuts right before I flip them. So I make sure it's rooted. And then I go ahead and flip the plant. And I did that. Well, uh, I ended up that, that clone. I didn't wait till it was even rooted. I just put it in the cloner and then flipped the flower. And then lo and behold, three weeks went by and still no roots struck and uh you know i go in to feel the stock and it's almost rotted out so yeah that wasn't gonna be good but i did have i didn't include this but i did have an outdoor our outdoor spot i have list bug growing so i just went out to my outdoor spot took a cut off of there and and i'm just good to go i still have a cut but i could have really screwed me if i didn't have if i didn't have that outside plot and the same sop at mechanico i mean We'd sometimes take 200 cuts just to get 150. And if you don't do that, I mean, that could really, at the higher volume of plants that you need in your final flower room at home, for me, it's four. But so if you don't get, if you don't get one, one clone at home, it's kind of a huge deal because that's one fourth of your grow uh, and the commercial scale. If you don't get one clone to root, it's not a huge deal. You can, um, it's one, one fiftieth of your growth. So, um, but on the flip side, uh, if, if there's an issue in your process, there's something you missed in your process that which made your root, your clone not root at the commercial scale, it's going to hurt a lot more because it's going to be a whole clone dome of clones rather than one clone that died. And that's a lot harder to replace to try to fix in a short period of time than one clone. So there, there's trade-offs on either side of it, on either end of it. I've seen people forget to plug their cloner in. They put all the plugs in. They had like a commercial unit, like 200 or 250 site, one of those massive cloners, and they just didn't plug it in. And it was like the ones that spray, not the ones oh, that sit oh in the actual goodness. water. So they lost a whole fucking thing just because they didn't plug it in. Wow. Like, that simple. It, yeah. you, you have to, <laughs> you actually have to go, go with through. the plug with the plugins again you know that's what i'm because that, that when those fail too like people with hydro and uh dwc they'll, they'll leave their grow for a day or two and if it fails on that one that happens to be an hour after they left they're coming back to misery and yeah you know what i will say uh same things have happened to me spot i've lost clones that I, I i really if i had a whip i might whip myself a couple times because i lost them so yeah redundancy and uh 
having backups too is is important with certain items in your grow. Um, if you can't run out, if you don't have a, a store near you, well, it gets a little different now with Amazon, but still, there, there could be trouble if you don't have something you need it that you know you need it that day. It's good to have some backups of uh, of certain equipment, and uh, yeah, if you need ten clones, take 15, 20 of them, sure, and and uh, like that. Speaking of redundancy, just on the equipment too, my cloner is a DWC cloner. So if the power were to die, my plants would turn into clones and, you know, water, you know, just like you would be trying to root them the old fashioned way. So they're okay for at least a few hours, if not fucking day, really. But I have it, my cloner plugged into a UPS, <laughs> which is just like a battery backup. Uh, so they're actually, they'll continue to run even when the power's off for a decent amount of time before that finally runs out. So even if I was gone, I, I'm pretty confident that my clones would be good, could, are good for a couple of days. So you can really get as crazy as you want with that, uh, redundancy. I think that it's honestly good to have, you know, at least some sort of backup one, at least layer. And, uh, Oftentimes, the fewer parts, the less things to fail. So if you can get away with not needing certain things, like Tao was talking about, maybe using uh, Root Riot cubes or something versus something that needs to be plugged in. I also have an OxyClone, so if the power goes out or if I forget to plug it back in, like at least it has a little bit more of a idiot proof or foolproof. Like I, like I said, it can sit in the water for a little while and be okay, but it's still not optimal. Uh, obviously, it's good to stay on top of all these things. And something to, uh, I haven't, heard anybody actually mention is doing checklists. If you're the type of person who forgets stuff, like actually physically writing it out on a piece of paper or having notifications on your wireless device, most people carry around a phone, uh, put a reminder on there. Hey, remind me to turn off that light or remind me to turn the lights back on if you were spraying or something. That's another one. People turn the lights off to spray and then they forget to turn them back on and their cycle gets all jacked up. Or if they mess with the timer, they put the timer on on mode, which I've done this myself, and there's the timer mode, right? You can switch it to the left for timer and it'll go like where the pins are and then you switch it to the right and it's just always on. So in the middle of flower, one time I kept it on for a couple of days and I was like, why is my light on in the middle of the day? Not yeah, you should also make note of the time that your flowering lights go on and off so that if it ever does get messed up, you know exactly when to click it on again yeah. and start, you know? Yeah. especially if you're out here in california time of use power like after 9 p.m i always make sure my stuff comes on after nine so you don't get a higher charge because four to nine p.m you're paying like two to four times more for your electricity so daylight savings lights. can screw you on that i'm seeing more and more of these lights coming out with either apps or built into the um, light itself their own timers so i hope that that trend continues and it's not timers would be something we don't really talk about anymore I hope so. I hope so. But uh, I, I still see people and I, I know that there's people on this panel, they're using um, HID bulbs. So as modern as LEDs are going to get, people are still going to be growing with HIDs, even though I think they're banned coming up in a few months here in California if for commercial growers. By 2023, they have to be all LED. So that's a potentially interesting subject to talk about where yeah. It might not be illegal to grow cannabis, but they might make it illegal in other ways. They can regulate you out. Like if they're going to do that to commercial growers, what's to say that they're not going to do that to home growers, right? Well, they're not, they're not outlying all lighting. They're just outlying the inefficient forms of lighting. But yeah, I mean, 
theoretically it would be considered differently and and stand up differently and sort of under the law if it was a, extensively a ban on it like a back you know, back alley ban or a backdoor ban on the practice altogether like they make it impossible but i, I mean i kind of support the idea of moving away from hid lighting i don't have a problem with that in terms of you know is it grandfathered in what's that is it grandfathered in so like if a if a crow has 150 hps's do they have to kill them and switch or is it just like they can't buy more hps do you guys know I don't know, honestly, but okay, I'm pretty sure okay. that they have to have switched over. It's been announced since like the very beginning. I'm pretty sure. So it's one of those wow. things they let them know with far enough notice. And these are all licensed grows. It's not like they're uh, right. you know, itching for pennies to get their next light. They're multi-million dollar multi-state operations in many cases. Yeah, and not every commercial grow operation is, is as financially successful as that. But um, yeah. certainly, you know, there's in a different financial position than most home growers are in terms of upgrading equipment. The thing that actually made me think about this, and I don't want to really get political, but a lot of people are talking about California also recently said by 2035, all vehicles are going to have to be electric vehicles, yeah. new car sales, new car sales. So like Tao was talking about, they'd be grandfathered in. And then everybody's like, well, what about the grid? The grid is already you know screwed. They're turning Jack's power off. They're turning other people's power off. And I guess a counter argument, I guess, to that is you can charge EVs anytime. So they're not like a time of use thing. So most people charge at night off peak. So yeah, it's not gonna you can actually load. feed that power back to the grid during peak demand hours. And that's what a lot right. of that's how I actually cut my power on electric house. vehicles. Yeah. But if everybody has an electric vehicle and they're charging them at night, would that not make that the peak of charge hours of them? <laughs> I mean, that's the case yeah. now. But here's the thing in 2035, watch, like they turned my power off. They told me a month in advance because they're making grid improvements. San Diego Gas and Electric, 40% of it comes from solar currently. The other 60% is renewables, 0% coal. California has 1% or less coal. So any amount of electricity is going to be a little bit cleaner burning than gasoline. So if, like if we're talking about California is the largest populated state, 40 million people, uh, which is like a big chunk of the U.S. We had smog in some of our lifetimes here where it was so bad, it was dramatically impacting people's health. And if we're, like, we're talking about the same thing with HPS, ultimately, uh, for the environmental thing, that's what the angle California is taking on this. I'm not saying I blindly agree with everything that these people are putting out, but I do think that from a certain standpoint, there are a lot of scientists saying, hey, these are more efficient options. And the other thing that I would say is by 2035, they're saying new car sales. Only 1% to 3% of cars are new car sales. 5% on a new year. So that means it'll take about 20 years. So 2055 by the time all of the essentially cars have been phased out into electric. So think about 2055, the grid's gonna look a lot different than 2022, I guess. But I, I do think that it might have implications on cannabis because if they're gonna do it to that, then why not, right? Like they're doing it to the commercial level. They've already tried to come after home growers for just, they don't want us to grow generally. There's lobby groups that say, hey, we don't want people yeah. to have any home growers. So if they don't want us to home grow at all, let alone with like the lesser efficient bulbs. Um, yeah. And this is, we need to be straight about this. Growing plants indoors is an energy intensive activity. Like whether you're doing that at home in, in your tent or, you know, in a warehouse somewhere mm -hmm. at scale, it's an energy intensive activity. And, and we need to think about 
doing it carefully or doing it smartly. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I'm interested in testing lights for efficiency and understanding sort of, you know, how we can do this. Because if we're going to do it, I think we have a responsibility to, to, to try to do it efficiently. I, I would suggest everyone go take a class on greenhouse management. That's what I want to do. If I had legal uh, capabilities to just throw up a greenhouse, that is the, the best I think it would probably be the best economic and env- yep. environmental way. Even sun grown. Right? Why are we banning 67% right. of California from growing outdoors when we're in uh, one of the most know. beautiful environments to grow cannabis? And these are all legal issues too. Absolutely, Tal. I agree with you. It should be grown outdoors like any other crop, but it's not. And, to the, and since we don't have, and I, I mean, I literally don't have the right to grow it outdoors, but I do have the right to grow it indoors. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm I'm doing that as responsibly as possible. Almost all of the the commercial cannabis that's available here is is grown indoors, um, and we want to make sure that you know they're growing that responsibly too. And they don't sort of choose to do that all the time on their own. Thankfully, part of the ability to be able to grow indoors has always been uh, stealth, and not just for legal reasons. Uh, I know quite a few people who have gotten their crops ripped off. Uh, if you're going to have big, heavy-duty money crops outside, you know, you're going to have to have dogs or whatever you're going to have to do to protect it. So there's also a stealth freaking, uh, you know, aspect, to, especially a home grower, having the ability to be able to grow inside. Also, if you have like a high-end job, regardless if it's legal or not, like in your state, like a lawyer or a doctor or et cetera, you don't want people knowing that you're doing it. And if you're going outside, you're going to have that. So there's more aspects to it. And there's reasons why growing indoors should be allowed, in my opinion. I'm, I'm with you. I think that we should advocate for people's rights. It's also like from uh, in California, there's wildfires. So a lot of the outdoor stuff in certain regions gets impacted by that. And it would force certain people to like, if you wanted multiple crops per year to set up a sort of light depth greenhouse or a situation where indoors you can get five, six crops a year if you plant things properly. And if it's your medicine, you're going to need some consistency. Um, but I will say more of it's being grown outdoor here now that like uh, Santa Barbara and Santa Cruz and Humboldt and Mendocino counties have started doing a lot of greenhouse and a lot of outdoor cultivation. So at least some percentage of the market is uh, sun grown now, and that's going to help some amount. But I think that why (laughs) I I wish that we could get to the point where 100 percent of any state that's legal would allow them to grow outdoors because I'm in the same situation Doc is. I can grow legally inside, but if I were to take it outside, then I'd have, you know, the San Diego sheriffs coming over to, you know, knock on my door and talk about it or just chop them down. And if I can avoid raids, like if I'm in a state where they gave me the illegal access, having been in states where I didn't have legal access and having had interactions with law enforcement, that's the last fucking thing I want. And most people like Noah was just saying, if you have a a job, you don't want to risk losing your job or having your livelihood messed with just because you're a cannabis user. So the privacy of indoors is very pivotal for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm with Doc that you do want to um, at least know what the most efficient bulbs are or uh, LEDs or whatever the technology is of the day so that the people have the knowledge. Knowledge is power. I mean, that's what we're really ultimately here for is to share with people what we've learned. And um, even with this, like the practice, that's something that you can't get until most of it's, it's firsthand. You have to have that firsthand experience and see when things fuck up, how do you deal with it and how do you get over with it? And how do you keep going forward? But I don't want to make it too hypothetical because, uh, you know, there's enough of us that already dis- have distastes for certain aspects of, uh, you know, politics and things like that. So um, I guess getting back on the, the practice side of things, I'm curious if, uh, Brandon, you're doing a lot 
down there in Oklahoma at different operations, but when it comes to your home operation, I know that you try to set up some automation. How are things going? And uh, have you been able to keep up with kind of your expectations that you're hitting in the commercial level or is there going to be just some sacrifice because you're so busy? Uh, so, uh, so my home grow is usually just me preserving like my plants, doing some crossing and testing stuff. It's not serious at all. Like, it's not like I'm like, I got, you know, have to meet an expectation or a deadline or anything like that. You know, it's more like, uh, ah, cool. I got a couple of plants outside. I have a couple of plants in my tent here. Yeah, I mean, I, I can show you guys. Let's see. Are you able to get flour like from your places before it goes to the market? Because I feel like in California, you're not legally, like, technically supposed to. You I have mean, to like, go buy it off the shelf. I can do whatever. You can technically do whatever you want. I mean, I'm not. But, I mean, whether or not, like, it's legal or not. I mean. <laughs> I do what I want. I would ever know. I was just, like, not to put you on the spot, like, or incriminate yourself. I was just curious. Is it the same in Oklahoma where, like, metric basically says every plant that's grown is seed to sale, track and trace, and it has to you have to buy it at the shelf, even if you're the one who's growing it. Yeah. Fuck metric. Um, so that's my, that's my <laughs> little tent. I just have some clones that were, you can see they were reverting. I uh, got my gorilla glues back. Uh, but uh, they were like cut from some plants that were getting rejuvenated out in the sun. And I think they had started to flower. So those are just coming back. And then I have just a couple of male plants in here that, are just doing the thing nothing special man and then i have another tent right next to that but uh it is it's asleep right now and inside there i just have a couple of limerilla uh breeder cuts that i'm flowering out along with a black lime reserve male a little clone and then uh so yeah. No, that's funny. I, I said a second ago, I didn't want to get political, but then I remembered next week we're kind of doing just that. And I do want to plug a little bit of that because we're going to be uh, doing the show over on the last prisoner project on, uh, I believe it's Uncle Rick's page. I'll have 100% of that stuff. I'm going to post on the Cheap Home Grow YouTube just a link that forwards to where it's at. So all of our subscribers will know, like, hey, we can click that. And we're still going to have the show. I'm going to record it. I'm going to upload it to the YouTube after on the Cheap Home Grow page. But we're going to stream it live over on a different channel next week for the last prisoner buds project. channel. Yes. Let's be, let's buds. be buds. Let's be buds. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, last prisoner project uh, fundraiser telethon thing that we're going to be supporting. So I'm happy that we're getting involved with that. Thanks Jack and everybody else on the panel. They're matching donations too. So if you do have spare income, uh, if you don't have the money available, I will qualify people because some people out there, I just will take your money. Even if you're in a shitty situation, if you're struggling, don't feel the need to donate. Okay. So just know that. It's but if you do option. have extra income and you're yeah. able to donate anything, then feel free to. Yeah. That, and even for, there's going to be, a, the chatathon is going to run from noon till midnight, I believe that day. And um, so that whole time there'll be instructions and stuff on how you can donate. Basically you'll click a link and then you can donate if you'd like. And then if you don't want to, if you can't donate and you're struggling, like what Jack's saying, you still, there's an option. They have a, a link where you can write a letter 
So it's, and it's all electronic if you want it. So you can just go on there and pick a prisoner that you'd like to write to and you can write to them. And what they do is the last prisoner project will uh, print out the letter that you wrote and then they'll physically mail it so that they get a, a mailed letter and the return address is the last prisoner project. That way they don't have your address if that's something you're worried about. And if you'd like that prisoner and you want to start a pen pal with that person, like say you get a, you know, a letter back because the, the prisoner can write back to the last prisoner project and then they'll make sure that letter gets back to you. Um, and you can do like a pen pal thing and then say maybe you meet them and you and you and uh, you're cool with them. You could actually give them your address, but you'd have to write it in the body of the, of the letter for them to get it because last prison project removes all that stuff. Or at least that's my understanding. But anyways, that's I think that's a cool thing to, to get a letter. It's huge for somebody, especially somebody who's been in, 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 uh, in prison for a while. Um, they kind of lost connection to the outside world don't really some just want to know what the hell's going on how you know what's you know what's yeah. the, the news Dude, some people got that. locked up before cell phones were even a thing and like when they do get out sometimes they see everybody looking down and it's just like crazy for them to hear and, and be in touch with somebody and you might be literally the only person writing to this person some of them have lost their families and it can really be the thing that keeps them going and helps get them through yeah and you know i mean i had some brushes with the law related to cannabis back in the 90s i mean my my life could have turned out in a different direction. A lot of people just got swept up and ended up doing jail time for cannabis stuff, man. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's something that I think that we as, as members of the cannabis community can certainly get behind and, and feel, you know, good support and, and hope that, you know, we can make some sort of impact on getting these people released from prison. Nobody should be in jail for a plant or for cannabis. Absolutely. Yeah, same here, man. And uh, the same thing, same, same as me. Uh, I, I got involved in uh, the only time I've ever been to jail in my life was for cannabis possession of like uh, maybe an eighth and a pipe when I was like 19, 20 years old. It was the only time I ever went to jail. I was 20 years old. I was scared shitless yeah. and it completely changed my life. And uh, yeah, Spartan, I, I mentioned that I want to get involved with that. Share the information in our, our group chat and I'll definitely get involved because yeah, I, that, that is a bunch of BS. People are making money and doing all this and there's people that are in prison is for marijuana. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, so that's it. If you show up to our show next week, you will be involved because we're all part of this. We're joining this telethon that yeah. Let's Be Buds channel is doing from noon to midnight next Sunday, noon to midnight Eastern time. We're occupying our normal time slot and just going to be on that channel doing our normal show. So show up, there. join us there, support the project, write a letter, make a donation or whatever. And then I just find our show. We'll just we'll have a link in our chat or something. That I just we'll pinned it. So it. if you want to go sub up to them right now, you can. Smart Poker link their YouTube. So I pinned that from the Cheap Home Grow account. I was on the Jack Greenstock account, so it took me a little second. But if you go into the YouTube chat right now, if you're live with us, you can check out the Let's Be Buds YouTube next week. Like I said, I will make sure I post at least an hour or two before with their thing saying, "Hey, we're going to be over on this channel today." And uh, as a reminder, because we won't be going live from the Cheap Home Grow, we're going to be going live from the let's be buds it'll be the same kind of thing we're doing this for them it'll be you know the topic's gonna be obviously related to that subject but uh yeah that is where you're gonna find us next week and i do think that that's a political political action thing we can kind of all get behind right because as people who i've also been to you know jail for cannabis when i was 16 had less than a gram and a fucking pipe the cop beat the shit out of me and it was one of the worst experiences and for a long time i hated all fucking cops i've 
you know, since learned that there are good ones out there and get it. But um, it, it soured my say, opinion on a lot of things, man. I got to say, thank dear Lord, I've never been imprisoned for cannabis. I've gotten uh, many incidences where I could have. So, and that's another thing that really eats at me because I know how lucky I've been. I, at one point I had uh, like a quarter pound in my backpack in my car. I got pulled over and the cops like, wow, it reeks like marijuana. And this was after I uh, had gotten a little education. I'm like, I don't smell a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. And um, I said, maybe it's coming over the fence. Cause like we were on the highway. There was like big, big uh, barricade fence, like wooden 10 feet tall. I'm like, maybe it's coming over the fence. I don't know. But, but thank God, like he didn't bother with me. And I, you know, I, I tend yeah. to believe, and there was another incident where I, I was, um, right, I'll tell you the story quick. I had extra ticket. I'm like, I went to the concert. I'm like, oh, anybody need a ticket? And it just so happens that the cops in the city were uh, cracking down on scalpers. So I got pulled into this like van, paddy wagon, and like got a ticket. And when they released me, the cops like, yo, just be happy we didn't go through your belongings and find the marijuana because you reek like marijuana. <laughs> so that's like, like, I don't want to call it white privilege, but it's white privilege, man. If I'm sure if I was yeah. a person of color, I would have gotten a lot more hassled, you know, and, and I don't know if I feel guilty. What I feel bad about is that they shouldn't have been like, no one should be treated like that. And another thing in my past is I always thought if you're greedy, if you're really greedy and you're going overboard and you get caught with weed, that's kind of on you. But I kind of back off of that now because if you're just growing the plant, there's, there should be no illegality about it at all. I'll say this, so, me and Brandon's you know, skin color that's didn't my, from going. Some of my feelings. That's all. I was just going to let that out. You know, that's kind of my feelings on the subject. And yeah, no one should be in jail for just the plant. If you were beating up people and had a pot and got busted, that's a different story. If you armed robbery somebody and you had a pot on yeah. you and you got in trouble, you know, that's all different. But if it was just marijuana in your pocket, that's a sin. And especially in the states that are now legal, that should have been rule number one. If you're just in for cannabis possession, you're free to go immediately. They say that, that but then people be, like Brandon yeah. got fucked because they said concentrate is manufacturing and it's a different thing. So you got to make, go. make sure yeah. when you look at those laws that you're very, Not only very that, but clear. there wasn't any retroactive sentencing. I was in, I was serving, a, I was actively serving a prison sentence when 64 got passed in California. I'll say this one, one great piece of advice just generally in life is being good to people, your partners, your loved ones, because oftentimes when people get turned into the police or robbed, it's their ex-partner, whether a lover or a business partner. If you fuck people over, if you talk shit about people, you're an asshole to people behind their back, you're much more likely for those people to come back around and, and call the cops on you or to rob you or set you up. Unfortunately, I think being good to people is like one of the best protections. Not that it's a sure thing, but uh, I think that you're much more likely to have people look out for you than to try and pull one over on you if you're generous yeah. and kind. There's a number of reasons to just be good to people, but yeah. And on that same vein, um, I want to shout out a couple of people that are, I think, some really good people, especially for this community and in this community, and that's Smile Poker and Crispy Wannabe. And I just want to reiterate one last time about the letter writing campaign. They've kind of taken the helm of that and are spearheading that for us with the last prisoner project the chatathon that we got going on so if anybody is just you know thinking well i don't know even what i would write or you know anything like that is stopping you i really really 
encourage you to reach out to either one of them, Crispy or, or Smart Poker, and they can really help you through that, that process because it makes a huge difference. And really, it could take you five, 10 minutes maybe out of your day you know, on a computer. And you don't even have to go anywhere. You don't got to get changed. You don't got to do nothing. And it can really help. So I just want to put that one last one out there and, and, and shout out to Smart Poker and Crispy Wanami because not only are they doing that, but they're also doing the same thing that we're doing with our show, with their show. So it's really going to help that telethon. And uh, they're bringing Dr. Coco on for their show. And there's there's actually leading off the whole thing. So hats off to you guys. Good job. Absolutely. Smart Poker and Crispy Wannabe are wonderful people. Couldn't agree more, Spartan. I can't wait to meet them in person someday. That'll be uh Yeah, me too. Sure. I got to yeah. say, I'm an excellent judge of character. And I, I can tell right away, Smart Poker was an all right cat. And, and Crispy too. So... Just like all you boys, man. It's awesome to be hanging out with such good people. It really is good compared to like some of the other dregs of humanity that are surround me sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tal. Well said, man. I couldn't agree more with that. Definitely good to be in good company. And I will echo the sentiment. I know it might be a platitude at this point, but to be surrounded by people that so openly share their information, their time, uh, sometimes seeds, sometimes cannabis, sometimes, you know, whatever it is, meeting up with them in person, having met Brandon, Aaron, Dr. MJ now, looking forward to meeting Tao, hang out with Matthew pretty regularly at this point. Um, it's really cool that this really can become like for a while. I, w I actually felt like, oh man, the Michigan Bros Grow Show has it so much tighter because they're all in one spot. You know, they can all link up and it feel, felt, honestly feels great when you actually get to meet these people in person and, uh, become friends and you know make real life connections and we're all kind of either tangentially working in the space or just you know as a hobby uh around it and sharing our passion so it's been this is actually part of my practice of growing cannabis coming here is like not that i'm like a religious person but this is like some people there's a show hash church every sunday and this is we're every sunday as well and being here every week i feel like keeps me more honest in my garden it makes me want to do better and it makes me want to know, oh, what's the new light? What's the new technology? What's the new thing? Like, even if I don't implement it, I like to hear about it. I like to know about it. And I like to see Noah fucking crushing it over there. I like to see Brandon crushing it. Tao, Dr. MJ, everybody here, fucking Spartan, Matt, like all you guys succeeding makes me want to succeed as well and, and be happy for you guys to the rising tide kind of raises all ships it has been a philosophy. I think all of us share and have seen, you know, we all grow together and, we're just, you know, that going back to being friendly and, and an actual community, not trying to like one up each other. It's just like we're all just here humbly trying to learn and get better together. Here, here. Since I got to smoke one to that, my own self, Snoop Dogg, shout out to myself for all my hard work uh, <laughs> in, in my garden. That's the case. Uh, but I have started roping Lady Greenstock into it more. Her and I are growing that plumeria. I just got some wettable sulfur because battling a little powdery mildew on the plumeria. Cannabis was uh, doing fine other than the ceilings dying, but you know now I'll have it for both. Got some uh, bonide based on Spartan Grown's recommendation. Just an example of hanging around the community. You know, you get to know some great examples of some simple things that you can have on hand to. Well, here's to one number of things. Here's one I gotta just bring up now with the the sulfur. This is actually something that I'm I'm writing about right now in my in my video I've been working on for like ever. Um, sulfur has a, a really bad effect on LEDs. 
Um, so if you're applying, especially if you're spraying sulfur in your garden, it's best to, to get your LEDs away from there. If you can raise them up, cover them up, or make, just make sure you don't spray them with it. Most LEDs for horticultural use are treated with anti-sulfur coating to sort of prevent any sulfur from degrading the diodes, degrading the semiconductors in the diodes. But um, just something to be aware of if you're using both uh, sulfur spray and uh, LED lighting. That's a good tip. Isn't sulfur actually, or maybe I could be wrong, isn't something that they put over the diode? I, I could be wrong, but I thought maybe it was sulfur or something else that changes the spectrum, like uh, oh, phosphor. Kelvin. Phosphor. Okay, that's what yeah. They use phosphor to diffuse the light because the diodes just create monochromatic. They create like one wavelength of light, and if you want like a full spectrum diode, you need to diffuse it with phosphor or some other, um, you know, basically tinting elements. Um, but no, sulfur will. You know, a semiconductor works because it doesn't conduct electricity very well. And, it, you know, sulfur basically gets in there and allows it to conduct electricity better, which means it doesn't act as a semiconductor efficiently anymore. Thank you for correcting me on the thing that was, you know, over because it definitely is not sulfur. And uh, I appreciate that. And yeah. it's a good tip because I think a lot of people do maybe spray like in a tent where their LED could be very close by. And a lot of these sprayers that people are using now tend to send off a lot of uh, volume of mist. So if you're adequately coating your plants, there's a chance that there is micro droplets that you're not even necessarily seeing that exactly. are splashing up and, and hitting it. So it could be as simple as like, you know, just get something and turn your light well, off, tape it over it. One of the things, you know, I reached out to diode manufacturers to working on the video that I'm making. And this is one of the things that two of them brought up to me was like, oh, tell growers about the anti-sulfur that we're using. I'm like, I don't even think growers are aware of that. You know, there's a relationship between sulfur and, and diodes. And meanwhile, the, the diode manufacturers that are working on horticultural diodes in particular, that's like one of the things that they're stressing about is anti-sulfur coatings. Um, and anti-sulfur sort of pr protection for the horticultural diet. So yeah, it was one of the, the interesting things. I'm like, I don't think the two communities are sort of sharing enough information. And hopefully I'll be able to bring some things like that in this video I'm working on, but that's one of them. So I've been meaning to sort of bring that up in the context of, you know, I know Spartan talks about using sulfur quite a bit, so. Sometimes I feel like the left hand doesn't talk to the right in certain situations. And that's like, uh, you know, two businesses that are working together, but maybe not communicating together. And that'd be good information. I'm glad that you shared it. And um, one thing with my light, just uh, I'm one of those people that <laughs> keeps the box for something. Like if you need to move it or move yourself and like ship it, usually it comes with like some sort of styrofoam and like a cardboard box or whatever. And in my case, my light came with these little plastic kind of covers because I have cobs that go over the light so that they don't get scratched or damaged in shipping <laughs> shipping sorry but with that if i'm going to spray then you can just take that out of the box pop it right on top of there use a little painter's tape or something and uh, attach it to the diode so that it would be completely covered and then you can spray and then take it off afterwards and not have to worry so uh, thankfully i haven't had to spray in that tent for a while i usually only spray in my veg which uh, i'll actually take the plants out spray them and then put them back in to get kind of 360 coverage and spin them all the way around. Uh, but some people spray them in place. So again, great advice. And uh, in commercial environment, I feel like raising them up 
as high as they can go, maybe just be the easiest way uh, or turning off fans so that it's not going to blow it around as much, uh, which is probably generally good advice for just getting the best application anyway. Just looked up and I noticed we're at about the one hour mark and I plan to actually talk about the practice of growing cannabis for like an hour and a half, but we've kind of jumped around a little bit and I feel like it'd be a good time for a topic change. And something I thought about a little bit this morning and Spartan and I talked a little bit about it uh, before the show was um, just like music related to cannabis, maybe music that you like to listen to while you're using cannabis. And kind of the reason I guess is for a while, I've been trying to teach myself a lot of different things, uh, cannabis related or non-cannabis related. So sometimes I'll be on my phone, YouTube video, you know, sometimes listening at 1.5 or 2X, just trying to like really cram information down. And when I'm using cannabis doing that, I feel like I get a little bit different experience than like this morning, I turned on an album um, of music that I really like. And instead of like, watching something while I was smoking, I listened to this album. And as it kind of went on, I felt like I literally was higher. I was using the same cannabis, the same amount, same device, same setting. But the one thing in the setting that changed was the music versus like, I was just kind of like, you know, cramming in some information that I was interested to learn. And with that being said, um, I guess, uh, funny enough, it was kind of uh, an album that got famous with a sort of a meme the guy who drank cranberry juice it was Fleetwood Mac. The song was Dreams, uh, but the album, I'm not actually sure the album name. Uh, it was Greatest Hits 2021, <laughs> but Dreams rumors. was the first one. Dreams is on Rumors. So, yeah, but a great song generally. It just like came on and I don't know. Uh, I was actually working on 50 Strands of Purple and like had it just the, the combination. Like it, it almost felt like an entourage effect. Like I used the music to like enhance my high almost. And I, it was subconscious. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this music and make me higher, feel better. But like, maybe it just shifted the mood and uh, made me feel better or whatever. But I think there's also a lot of really good cannabis music. Like I saw Eagle Gardens over at uh, the Care, Cure Cup in Michigan. And uh, one of my favorite cannabis related bands was there, Mendo Dope. So cool to see them and also Cottonmouth Kings. So uh, shout out to those two bands. I'll just start it off with that. But I'll also pass it over to Brandon because I know he's got a link to the Cottonmouth Kings and ask some, uh, what is some music you like to listen to when you use cannabis or related to your cannabis use? You know, I was just uh, teasing the other day when the uh, classical music came on the radio on my Pandora. Uh, I really like jamming to classical music, actually. Uh, but I'll listen to anything. It's usually just on shuffle. I listen to so much different varieties of music. Um, I don't have one particular thing that, you know, I typically uh, just listen to exclusively. Um, but I will be going up to uh, Mendo Dope Farm on October 3rd. We're going to be doing some content. And yeah, actually, um, so Johnny Richter from the Cottonmouth Kings, him and my friend Hopper and their friend, uh, they have um, a grow out here in Oklahoma, and he still does shows. I think they just did a show on Saturday. Uh, he did a show with Chucky Chuck and uh, I think Obnoxious. I'm not sure exactly. I wasn't there. Uh, I was kind of chilling back, but um, yeah, they're they they still perform and everything. They're still around. Yeah, like I said, I just saw him at the Cure Cup sign in, uh, you know, whoever Eagles with, they had a hat, got signed. They took some pictures with them. He even did like a little like, you're watching, you know, the show or whatever. They did the little soundbite. 
And uh, it's, it's cool to see that they're still out there because I've listened to them for a long time. Um, then there's like bands like I feel like I got into like late, like Grateful Dead. I got into after Jerry died. And uh, that's a quite the jam band. I know Red Setter Farm. I, I saw him at the Cure Cup with Eagle. I'm, he's a big fan of the jam band type music, Grateful Dead, that type of music. Another Michigander, Spartan Grown. What kind of music do you like to jam out to? Everything, man. Everything. Um, but uh, and if I'm smoking, I, do, I actually have a playlist on my Spotify. That's or maybe it's YouTube Music, but it's, that's the title. It's just smoking. That's my smoking playlist and everything. You know, all my smoking songs or whatever I have on there, and it's a huge list, and it could be anything. But does it have Willie Nelson on it? I'm sure it does. I'm sure it has Willie Nelson on it. I I like I love country, man. I like a lot of country. And roll me up and smoke me when I die. Yeah, that's a good, that's one. A good one. I have like three specific playlists. I have one night playlist that it starts off with a song that says "Relax." I know you've never been this high before, um, which is I think a iration song, but like all of them are just really kind of like low tempo, kind of yeah. like chill. And then I've got Irie Island, which is like mostly like reggae and just like uh, you can listen to it kind of any time of day. And then I got Rise Up, which is like morning, beat you that's, fucking going, yeah. upbeat. So they all kind of have like a theme. And yeah, that's dude, I listen to music more than I listen, watch TV or watch anything. Honestly, I'd rather smoke and listen to music. I have a fucking record player, I have a tape player. I fucking, I just love music. And so I have playlists that are 200 and some songs on some of them. But for me is the cannabis enhances the music, man. And it's the other way around too. Like what you're describing was how the music can enhance the cannabis. But uh, I honestly think it goes the other way around too. Like I hear more things. I hear more of the background instruments. I have a background. I grew up um, playing sax, alto saxophone in the band and I was in the marching band and the concert band. And uh, so I have kind of a musical background to where um I can kind of pick out each instrument, you know, I'm listening and I can pick out different instruments and things. And uh, when I'm not high, I hear less of that. I, it's so strange, but when I'm high and I can pick those like, Oh, that's a, that's a, you know, a piccolo in that one part right there. Then it doesn't matter if I'm high or not after that. Now I know it's there. I can hear it. And it's so that's, what's fun to me is to uh, get high and listen to a song I've heard and see if I can find anything else in that song. And I'm a big fan of lyrics too. I like to read lyrics like it's fucking poetry, man. Uh, some some of them are. Some of them are. And there's some. There's so many songs that I can't stand the song musically, but the, the lyrics are like fucking poetry, and it's amazing. So um, there's so much in music, man. There's so much in it that uh, I think a lot of people don't really appreciate it as, for what it really is. So one you said a record player like i have a huge vinyl collection mine actually broke i need to get it fixed and i've been putting that off for a long time which i think is part of the reason i don't listen to it as much but like there's certain artists if i'm really stoned i enjoy much much more because i'll pick up certain things like kid cuddy i for some reason if i'm like stone sober i just won't enjoy it's good but i like it a lot more when i'm really high because there's like some really like high pitch like little like synth notes and stuff yeah. like, and really background and you just hear this like little like weird little pitch and uh, actually, shout out to Matthew Gates. I listened to some of his music and he's got some, you know, short, I, think, I don't know if synth is the right term, but uh, some like electric People have music. described it as down tempo, down tempo. Uh, chip tune sometimes, not always. It is instrumental. I do a lot of sort of synth stuff as well. Um, 
yeah, if you're interested in that, you can check out my SoundCloud. I don't usually mention it, but a lot of my videos, if you, if you watch my videos, a lot of my videos are, um, the soundtracks are made by me. And you can check them out, out on SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com slash syncangel. I haven't made- How did I not know this? Multi-talented. Oh my god! I mean, I know what I'm going to be listening to for the next week. All right. I was yeah. A lot of it reminds me of um, like Nintendo NES in their video game their, music. Uh, uh, soundtracks. To, to yeah, there's yeah. definitely some of that, and sometimes I'll remix or um, or otherwise sample things from my childhood. A lot of Pokemon stuff, a lot of PlayStation One, and even yeah. like you know more current stuff. Um, yeah, I find a lot of inspiration in that. I like a lot of, I like a lot of, um, you know, sort of instrumental or otherwise non-vocal music. Ambient is another sort of uh, phrase people like to use, and I would say it's it's nice for chilling out. It's got that sort of, um, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, the composer. Anyways, um, background music. Sort of. <laughs> it's got a good vibe. Well, it I does, yeah, it doesn't have the lyrics. You don't have to pay it to as close of attention if you don't. Well, want and it, it works well with certain things like when in your video, I think there was like an hour long 2022 primer part two, or maybe it was 2021, but like the edits had sounds associated with it and it like made it more intense. And yeah, it, it was like in the Pokemon thing that you mentioned, it some of them there's like that old like battle theme kind of music oh, where it's oh, like dun, 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 kind of fucking like it's like high intensity. And then like when the pest came on, I feel like you timed it well, and it, the, the remix, the influence was, uh, I appreciated it. That's why I've ventured into the SoundCloud, and also like Kid Cudi, and this is not any offense, I think it's actually a compliment for me personally, because I'm high most of the time. I enjoy it more high, because I feel like I pick up more of those little notes and the subtleties and that type of music, I feel like uh, lends itself to, you know, exploring your, your mental space a little bit more and, and uh, getting more into the music, really feeling it. And like, I don't know, it uh, can really change the mood for the better. Well, I mean, to answer your question better, Jack, um, a good way to know like the specific songs I like, just check out my reels, man. Every reel, I try never to repeat a song, and every song is usually one that I think is just a fucking banger, and those, those are the ones I like because I want to share these songs that I. Every, that's a, another thing that I love, just like in cannabis, where I love pheno hunting. I, I feel like I do the same thing in music. I'm pheno hunting these songs. They're new to me because I have never heard. It. I don't care if they're new or old or whatever, but they're new to me. When I find a new one I really love, I, the first thing I want to do is share it. Right now, the one that I've been just in love with is uh, the name is the song is 24. And the uh, artist is C-A-A-M-P, Camp. And I fucking just love that song. It's chill, but uh, the lyrics are beautiful and the song is just chill. And I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You also play a fair amount of Ty Verdes, who I've recently been a fan of. Him. The song Drugs, Not Hard Ones. Yeah. The, the ones that changed my mind up. I think a lot of us probably got into his music at that point. But I followed his YouTube and he's really kind of blown up TikTok, YouTube, social media. And it's been awesome to watch him kind of rise into a, a, a sort of spotlight in music and, and become the lyrics something. in his songs are a lot of just positive fucking lyrics, man. I, I really like it. I really appreciate it stuff like that all right well and that's the thing is music will fucking change my mood too it's like there's some really great songs like johnny cash hurt or uh jelly roll uh save me those songs are great but they will affect my mood and put me in a bad mood uh, not bad mood but not a happy mood <laughs> you know sad it made me sad so 
it all depends on what I'm looking to do or what kind of mood I'm trying to get in. And that music can, can drive that. All right. Well, I put in two uh, playlists in chat and uh, like half all of my playlists, I think, are except for like two I have hidden are all uh, all pretty much related to cannabis. Maybe there's a couple like Talking Heads and something else, but music is is key, man. And reggae has been my uh, mainstay pretty much. But if you play the playlist, there's like country music in there. There's like uh, folk music that's referring to cannabis. And uh, yeah, you can check out all my playlists and see what I'm into over there. And um, the two I put up were though like dealing with cannabis or growing or both. So check those out. Shout out to Pat Bonton, who's been repping cannabis medicine since like the 80s in his music, as well as, uh, you know, Peter Tosh, Bob Marley. But Pat Bonton is one. Tao has an amazing story. Of, uh, you yeah. can probably share that. But. But yeah, he's one of the he's one of the ones that I, I love. Um, and you can tell the story. So there was an event that High Times put on in near when it was, and uh, a band tent was playing. So I had tickets. We go there, and we, we know there's a. It was like a whole day event. So one of the uh, the PA guy, the one that, the one of the people that was running, like we need someone to go pick up Pato. He was in Manhattan proper. You know, it was all right over the bridge. So I had a vehicle. I'm like, yeah, I'll go pick him up. So we go and pick them up, and as we're driving back to the to the venue, um, he gets a call, and the high times management says, "You know, we don't have any money for you." They were supposed to pay him when he gets there. Well, no, they called me and told me that, and I just like didn't mention it to him. I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, we're almost there. I'll just bring him there and have him tell him in person." You know. So he ended up not playing. I ended up taking him. Like, we went past Coney Island to show him a couple of things and then we brought him back to his hotel room. But he's totally down to earth, totally a cool guy. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. My wife is a big country person, but I convinced her to go see Pato. He lives actually in North San Diego. Uh, I won't specify the city, but he performed local at a very small bar uh here and yeah it was cool in the middle of the show he made everybody like put their hand in the air and like high five like everybody around him and he like walked around the crowd just fucking high five and everybody and it's just like he's very positive atmosphere was really really positive noah the grower what kind of uh tunes do you like to jam out to when you're smoking um you know that's a good question i've always been a, a huge Jimi hendrix fan um i'm an old school hippie like that i like uh the Steve Miller band. I just, you know, I like a lot of that kind of classic rock, but I'd say Jimi Hendrix is probably my favorite. Um, always has been. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I've listened to Pink Floyd and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that kind of old school classic rock hippie stuff, you know, nothing, uh, nothing too uh, popular with the kids nowadays, but just stuff that I've been listening to my whole life and jamming out too. So. Do you like yeah. Steppenwolf, Noah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love all I that. Just, I love all I was that listening to them today on a record player, man. Oh, nice. My dad yeah, got no, I, some I dig all of it. Real random old stuff like the Traveling Wilburys. It's like some uh, old school. That's, old school. The, that's a super group. That's not no fucking group. That's a it's super, old school. Yeah, it, there's a combination of a bunch of fucking stars. Roy Orbison, oh, yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah. They Harris, killed it, man. Bob They've Dill. got some really, really good music. Yeah. Tom Petty wow, is a really great one. Those two guys are dead. Tom Petty and Roy Orbison. He did his last concert yeah. right here in San Diego. Yeah, it was uh, Kaboo. Right. 
you know, Tom Petty was like out of the blue. I never thought, I never expected he'd be on the death list. Poor guy, man. Yeah. Let's yeah. smoke another joint. I'm not sure That's who's left from Traveling Wilburys, to be honest with you. Maybe it was a, whatchamacallit, Kaibosh. They're all died off. I also like the Grand Funk Railroad was one my dad got me on to. I don't know how many yeah. guys listen to yeah. Grand Funk. I like them. Yeah. I like them too, man. Yeah. When I'm really high, I want to listen to Pink Floyd. Like, but I gotta be yeah. really high. Like, I mean, it, like really high, like kind of like almost catatonic high, but not sleepy, and put on some Pink Floyd, and I will just like be really happy and in inside the music. I think Pink Floyd makes music that when you're really high, you can kind of climb inside the music and like surf the waves um that's that's billy strings for me not the fucking bullshit cds but going to his concerts get really high and go to a billy strings concert and that's what you just just described to me is what i want at billy strings thanks to uh thanks to jeremiah johnson whoever you are you uh you nice person you subscribing right after i mentioned my uh my account you're a you're a real one. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, mind hack. If you drop some psychedelics and then listen to Mr. Bungle. <laughs> good, Dude, good I was or yakety sax. I'll give I you know. a I with Mike Patton, but that dude's a musical genius. I like Stephen Copeland. He made a lot of instrumental music for various video games in fact growing up the playstation one version of of spire what yeah i think so yeah uh might be i know that he plays in a band and i don't know him besides that because i I watched a documentary on it you could probably find on youtube but apparently um and i don't think this is very common anymore but like during that time he actually played through all the levels of the game with no sound and then developed the tracks for the various levels. There's very many of them. Um, and it's very sort of during that era, like drum and bass was uh, really popular, still is in a lot of play, a lot of ways, but like it definitely has that kind of feel. And uh, yeah, if you're ever interested, check out the original soundtrack for the Spire of the One Dragon or Spire of the Dragon for PlayStation One, um, I, I really think there's I own some that game. <laughs> I own yeah. that game and a PlayStation One. I have it here working. My wife, it's like one of her favorite games, so we got it. Fucking retro. It's a nice platformer. It still holds up. It holds up pretty well, I have to say. But um, yeah, I, and I'll tell you what, where all those where all those instrumentalists um, are going, uh, some of them are going to orchestra, but a lot of them are making some bangers. Um, you know, not to belabor the point, but in video games and stuff. And yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed some of the soundtracks out there. Um, yeah. Video games and music both get some really good uh, musical artists for soundtracks. It's some like there's certain movie soundtracks that just make the whole movie. Like I really like the movie. Bad Absolutely. Boys, and some of the bad boys soundtrack is awesome in my opinion. But then there's like other random stuff. I like Zydeco, which is like, New Orleans, kind of like Creole, like uh, music where they have like washboards and like. Oh, I get that. Some spoons. Hell spoons. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I saw them live. Oh, yes. They came to my college and then I went and saw them at the Louisiana State Crawfish Boil, which is in San Diego randomly. But it is like <laughs> one of the best times of your life. Like it's so fun. But uh, another one that I'm sure that there must be some listeners out there who are fans of them. 
but the ICP Insane Clown Posse oh, when I was younger. Oh, I used to, but they're a little <laughs> little uh, reckless. I, I realized in hindsight. Uh, Sorry, I think it's Stuart Copeland. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I saw Pink Floyd with David Gilmore, and that Roger Waters has already left like five times, and I was convinced that they were put on Earth to entertain people tripping on psychedelics because at the concert it was just mind-blowingly awesome so yeah i'll throw that in the mix shout out to jeffro he said Kawhi. i'm a big fan of funk you guys i haven't heard anybody say any funk music because that shit gets i mean when i hear a fucking bass guitar just have that funky beat oh i'm fucking there i want to hear i that. have to agree with that yeah, yeah there's some I'll throw down on that i'm there for that I like jazz as well, like cool jazz, fucking like you were saying earlier, some saxophone, some fucking uh, piano, even like just yeah. a really t- talented pianist is a or even classical, like Brandon was saying. I fucking I used to have a really bad insomnia when I was young too, and like listening to like Mozart and shit, like that shit <laughs> would help me fall asleep, or like I'd study to it because it wouldn't distract me. Because you hear one word and I'd be fucking spun off on uh, distracted by what the music said versus like trying to actually get shit done. So. I definitely, oh, man, uh, I can hear the guy the fucking at his base now that Spartan said that, though. Oh, I know, dude. I, it's base, in like, my mind, too. It's like, now I need to hear that. Don't, I can feel it, like, <laughs> vibrating in my chest, you know, that kind of, mm, mm, yeah, good times. Do any of you guys listen to Guar? Somebody, Jeffro420 put that in the chat. <laughs> I got into Guar based on their funny <laughs> interviews, and then now I actually like some of their, like, heavier death metal. They are so fucking awesome, and... Uh, <laughs> If you, I got to have a chance, you know, their lead singer actually passed away. They, I think they replaced him. Dave Brocky, yeah. Know. He's been yeah. replaced. Every every single member at this point has been replaced. Guar is like a, yeah. a mythology. It's like a theatrical, so, but Guar is not just a band. Guar is a whole theatrical play. Huge because the actual band, yeah, be, the band isn't, isn't just like people that are playing the instruments. The band is also all the puppeteers all the lighting and stage hands because there is a shitload of people and a lot that goes into one of those shows and, and hands down they are the fucking raddest p- most punk rock shows that you'll ever go to there's so much fun Gua rules indeed but uh, i haven't seen them live i've seen the footage of the live shows and it looks like a pretty fucking wild time you go with a white t-shirt and you come home with a yes. tie-dye guar t-shirt yeah, that's the thing. You don't. You want to make sure that you dress, yeah, wear the appropriate attire and that you know what to expect. It's definitely out there, and I, I have learned to appreciate that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, especially like his appearance, Dave Brocky, one of the original lead singer. Like when he went on Jerry Springer and basically like made a fool of like the mothers who were like against Squar. It was just really interesting. Yeah. It's like it's like you're gonna watch all this shit on the news, you know, glorifying war and this and that. And he's like, but you can't accept us like making fun of all that like this is obviously like a performance it's not to be taken seriously they're not actually you know killing uh political candidates or whatever it is the person of the day uh but yeah interesting music for sure i would say there's probably i I do see a few guar fans out there in the audience so it's uh you never know who gets attracted to it and uh it's just one of the many interesting uh bands out there i'm sure that they were at least some part inspired by cannabis They've got a really fascinating story. But anyway, we'll move on to, uh, let's see, who hasn't gotten to talk? Maybe everybody's shared a little bit about music. Matthew, I know we spotlighted your music, but what type of music do you like to listen to when you're uh, using cannabis? Um, I was actually going to sort of uh, coyly mention that um, 
you know, if you really want to have a fever dream, you should you should play some uh, some death grips while you're uh, <laughs> while you're in an intoxicated state. That uh, I think you'll understand the lyrics more um, and not less, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe like an Imagine Dragons uh, album. Those are very different sorts of mu- music. Uh, generally speaking, I I actually like to listen to a, a, a very varied array of, of different genres, but especially lately, um, especially when I'm trying to concentrate or do something uh, at that same time, I will put in something like what I produce, sort of an ambient kind of down-tempo sort of thing, sort of lo-fi kind of music. Um, or sometimes um, I'll have the exact opposite, something very upbeat, um, you know, with a staccato of drums and... Um, you know, I like really sort of grandiose Baroque music. I'm a sucker for, uh, especially like classical music with like a, um, you know, some sort of choral arrangement there, you know, kind of like the sort of thing you would uh, hear when like the villain or perhaps the hero like makes their transformation into this like new ascendant being or something. And you've got the, you know, uh, the angels in the back or something like that going on. Um, also I like, I like a lot of, uh, um, electronic music, you know, Perturbator is pretty good. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a small collection of things I like to listen to. Do you ever listen to Swedish house mafia while they were with us and the EDM side of things? I believe I have, although I am terrible about like, you know, knowing people, knowing even the singer or the artist that's composed music that I'm listening to, let alone like the album or selection or uh, EP or LP or whatever it might be. I'm often guilty of like, I'll know the words to the song. I could sing the whole song, but I don't know who the artist is. <laughs> and like, I appreciate artists, so I should probably look more into it. But I guess Knife Party, Dead Mao, or Dead Mouse, I should say. Uh, some people would say Dead Mao 5 because that's how it's written. Uh, and people say that, I think it's Dead Mouse. It's Dead Mouse, I know. But, the comments now. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely Dead Mouse. Uh, but I wrote, wrote it out, Dead Mouth 5, and I was stoned and laughing at myself. And I was going to say the last one on that list for me would be Skrillex, even though it's kind of a platitude for, uh, <laughs> you know, dance music It's fun scene. to hate Skrillex, isn't it, lately? But yeah, I, in in the era, like 2010 to 2015, when I was actually more interested in that music, I think he put out a lot of pretty big hits that rose pretty high to the top that did well, so... I agree. Like, I mean, you can't get famous without people liking it, right? So, like, that's kind of the... <laughs> He's got anyone who's like, too. yeah, <laughs> I like, I like, uh, I like, I did like dubstep a lot more like growing up in like high school and that sort of a thing. Um, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't hear a whole lot of it lately because I think it kind of, you know, I think that people who are really into that, you know, stayed that way. And I think that it kind of lost its sort of um, broad appeal to some degree. And then maybe as soon as I say that, people are going to be like, no, man, you just don't listen to it anymore because you're old. Well, a lot of them have unfortunately passed. A lot of the big artists, like, oh, that's a good the, point. That scene is pretty heavy on the party, and uh, that's a very you know, polite way of saying club it. drug culture. Yeah, so, okay. Unfortunate. A lot of them, even in like, I'm a hip hop rap artist fan. You know, a lot of them unfortunately have also passed within the last you know decade. Um, so, Are you a fan of the music too, or just the artists? I mean, both. Oh, combination okay. of things uh, I, I do like the music but sometimes the artist is just really entertaining and i don't like the music like I, i'm just like, <laughs> i can see that yeah that's true 
and in have some cases it's both. The, uh, have you heard of most oh, cases? There's a band out of Florida or a group out of Florida, rap group, and I fucking love their messages too. I'm trying to think of them now. Uh, shit. Damn, I can tell you some of the one's name is Nubs because uh, he's like a quadriplegic. The other one is uh, Snowy because uh, he's albino. I can't think of the third guy's name. The hell's the name? Odd Squad. The Odd Squad. Have you heard of the Odd Squad family? I love their shit, man. I haven't heard their music, but uh, you just remind me. They got a great. Okay, so the best song just is to smoke my pain. That's that's the one that I like. I'll check it out. Go ahead, Tal. Uh, I was just saying we shouldn't be remiss not mention the Grateful Dead, who uh, I enjoy the Dead. I mean, I'm not a Deadhead, but I've been friends with many a Deadhead, and I do love the Dead, but I'm not a true Deadhead. And yeah, they're really a groovy band to listen to when you're good and stoned. Brandon, you want My to sign out? Your phone's about to die, so I figure we'll give you a chance to get going. Yeah, that's thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, it's always it's always great to be here with you guys. I will be a little more prepared next week. Um, but uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for all people that tuned in and listened. Uh, and uh, have a great night, everybody. Cheers to you and Carly, man. Thanks for hanging out. Girl love, Brandon. Girl love, man. I, I will agree. I think I did mention the Grateful Dead when I was talking about Peace Red out, Cedar Brandon, Farm. And... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, maybe. I must have missed it. I'm a little stoned over here. It's all good. Yeah, our friend Buddy Kilowatt in the chat certainly seems like a, a big deadhead, as Mom Poker's pointing out. Yes. He's been like 500 shows. He and Ohio's Captain Dank or uh, Captain 420. They're both huge dead, deadheads, yes. to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good music. I mean, that's music made for getting high. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. So that that's good. It fucking makes me dance, dude. I, like involuntarily yeah. sometimes. I'll be just really stoned in my kitchen, like making a sandwich and then I start fucking like dancing to myself because I got shit jamming right behind me. It's like, it's definitely a uh, upbeat, positive, happy music most of the time. And uh, it's been remixed by some of the greats like Sublime, uh, SoCal band and RIP Bradley Knowles, but Sublime with Rome is still pretty good. And uh, yeah, many, many bands lose their lead singer, but continue on. And sometimes it's not the same. And sometimes it's still pretty good. I think oh, that is still decent. 311 is a good one too. Who's got the herb? Yeah, they're on my playlist for sure. I'm a big 311 fan. Dirty Slightly Stupid. There's some good ones like that. Slightly Stupid's great. In the MySpace days, a girl I went to school with had a 311 song, Amber. And, like, I never hooked up with her. We were just complete friends or whatever. But every time you'd go to that person's page, the song Amber would start playing by 311. And, like, in my head, it still makes me think of that person. It's, like, the association. And I haven't seen him in, like, two decades. So it's just a... One of those weird things. Music has a really strong way of connecting things in our mind, I guess. Yeah. I think of Amber Tricombs when I hear that song. <laughs> Amber is it? Color of your energy, yeah. I guess the Amber is supposedly going to bring you down more. Everything is like for California and even in Prop uh, 215 days, the medical days, if you asked or if you went to the right clubs, they had tests. And on the test, you would see a picture of the bud, but it would be zoomed in and you could see the actual trichomes. And oftentimes there'd be red trichomes, like a bunch of amber trichomes. And then you look at the testing and say THC, CBD, whatever, like CBN would be like 0.01%. So that's what got me thinking after seeing it like a hundred times is amber trichome just CBN or is there like oxidization of terpenes that's also making it more sedative? 
because when I'm looking at the, and the other thing is I have pure CBN and it's white. It's pure white. It looks like cocaine. <laughs> like you get CBN powder and it's white, not red. So I wonder what the, we've, and I do believe that the oxidized trichrome, the red trichrome is, is more sleep inducing or soporific or, you know, narcotic in the high for most strains, but as like a last second topic. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Maybe starting with Spartan. Uh, I don't know. It's just considering it as you're telling me. And so these are just my first thoughts on it is, is like, I know in the process of distilling it down to just one component, I think in that process, it can clean up a lot of the uh, material that has color to it. And I think that's why most distillates are going to be clear or white. And um, so that's where my mind kind of goes down is that maybe it's the actual process itself that is cleaning up. doesn't matter what color you start out with. And that's kind of my opinion. That's a good point. Good point. I will say uh, as a distillers advocate counterpoint, I have seen when they make 99.99% THC um, solventless, um, THCA, I think is what it is when they press the rosin really low temps and they get all the terpenes out of it. And oftentimes a purple strain will leave the THCA purple. So they'll have purple diamonds. So the anthocyanin almost like bleaches, even though the lab tests it and it, that 0.1% or whatever it is, is enough to make it still completely purple. Uh, you know, my idea about this, and you actually got me thinking about this harder, Jack, years ago now, thinking about those those tests. Um, you know, I think that correlation isn't causation. I think that both an increase in amber trichomes and an increase in sort of the sleepiness of the the effect will go up if you you know wait longer they're both sort of products of of the same cause and that's the the continued maturation of the plant but i don't necessarily think that they're directly connected and i don't think that you have to have uh sort of amber trichomes in order for a plant to make you sort of sleepy um and i'm not convinced that every plant that has amber trichomes will necessarily make you sleepy um, so I think that they're, they're largely unrelated. I, I think that, you know, the thing that increases the sleepiness, that sort of side of it is probably a variety of factors. I think some part of that probably is THC breaking down to CBN, but, you know, a tiny part of that, along with a lot of other things going on as the plant matures. Yeah, like yeah, lionel you know, is a terpene that we know makes people sleepy, and we know it's in cannabis. Myrcene makes people sleepy. We know it's in yeah. cannabis. So both of those being at higher amounts, and even THCA turning into THC before yeah. it's not like it needs to be decarboxylated. It does happen on the plant. So when we test it, a large amount of it is THC by itself. Um, but there is the THCA as well. So that process THCA to THC to CBN does take some step in the chain but sorry Tao it sounded like you were going to jump in there yeah I was going to say it's THCA then it's got to go to THC and then it goes to CBN and from what I understand it takes a really long time I could be mistaken I know it, I got some depends. sort of papers and <laughs> literature on right heat and pressure right. yeah and things like that usually yeah, degrade what, into a, in a half-life 
So while it would take a really long time for a lot of it to degrade, some of it's degrading constantly into right. yeah, some small portion of it. And like Breeder Steve said, he will take like a high THC concentrate or even THC distillate. And all he, need, he needs to do is throw it basically in the oven, heat it up, stir it up. And most of it, he can convert a high amount to CBN up. I'm sure there's some other step in the process he didn't share, but that's how I make my high CBN RSO. Well, I don't get not. tested, but if you cook it on the, like when you make RSO, if you cook off the alcohol or just leave it in a little muffin baking dish, like they run like 180 to 220 degrees Fahrenheit for a day or two versus just enough to bubble the alcohol off. It goes from like a gold to like a brown to like a black. And when it's black, it makes you sleep. So I don't know. I've never gotten it lab tested, but I call it my high CBN RSO, even though it's black. And even though I've seen my white uh, CBN powder. So I do think there's a lot of things happening, but uh, it's interesting. Noah Lee Groa, do you have any thoughts on the uh, trichome coloration? Because I know uh, you probably you have a lot of different strains. You take them to a lot of different times. Do you use trichome colors or do you go by the week or by the hairs or the plumpness of the bud or something else? Well, I always start with the, the days, you know, the weeks. Um, I always, that's why I usually, like, I usually will just switch if I'm using like BioBiz or, you know, whatever fertilizer, I'm, you know, bottle fertilizer, if I'm using that, I'll usually go to like, day the, the the six weeks so six weeks in after you know i'm starting week seven that day one of week seven i'll usually just start to water only and then i might do two weeks of water i might do three weeks of water only and if i'm just using like you know dry amendments then it just water only obviously but i start paying attention around week eight you know 56 days in of you know from 12 12 flip and then go from there like there's certain plants that i grow that i know that are nine and so i'll just kind of do it at that you know benchmark it there and then i have like my overflow of that plan i usually will do 10 weeks so it just depends on and then and then obviously you just go by look especially if it's a plant that you've never done before you go by feel but like i just got this this new one this moon boots and it's like week seven and i'm like okay like i don't really know what to do here i'll just do a cup of information but you know how it goes that information is just a baseline your own personal environment your growth setup everything's going to change your nutrient line everything's going to change what that plant's going to do. And then even just certain plants, like I've had the same plant. I look at it and this plant I know for sure is already done And week eight. And then I'll look at the same strain, like maybe like a year later, week nine, it's not even done. So you just got to play it by ear. You can look at trichomes. You can just, but if it's something you've done for a while, you just kind of get a feel for it. But I have a little jewelers loop, you know, I think it's like a 50 times one that I got like a cheap one and I just look at it and I, I do. I go off of a lot of different things. Just long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Honestly, I feel like in that long-winded answer, you gave so much knowledge in that last, you know, I don't know, whatever it was, 60 seconds that a lot of people are going to re-listen to that over and over and be like, hey, you know, you dropped some fucking great advice there. So I appreciate that. And um, there's a lot of ways to go about it. And like you said, the one thing that really interested me was um, one will be done at week eight. And then a year later, a year and a half later, maybe it's on week nine or nine and a half. And I think sometimes that goes into what we talked about at the beginning of the show, like the practice. Um, maybe the seasons are different. Maybe your AC is not working as hard because it's the winter time and the one season, everything crushed it perfectly finished right at the eight weeks. And then the next year, you know, it's finishing middle of the summertime, your AC is working overdrive and it's just barely staying in the perfect range or uh, sometimes maybe dipping out of that range. And so it might be a little bit longer flowering or who knows, like maybe there's some clonal variation or maybe it picked up some sort of, and I'm not saying like in your garden in particular, but for anybody out there, 
like hop latent viroid is a thing and we see that it changes per performance of planets over time so some people do get that and struggle with that and it can even like you i've seen photos of like the ones that are infected versus the non-infected plant and it's pretty visibly noticeable and uh like the san diego cat piss guys were saying that they actually just let go of their cat piss because after a while it just it stopped being good essentially so they couldn't even like afford to keep growing it because like everything else they had was way better and it just lost its spice you know and uh in retrospect they think maybe it got some viroid or or something else but it uh it stopped being what they were growing it for so at that point it's hard to justify hanging on to it when there's more seeds to pop and other clones that you can grow that'll do the job so it's a interesting challenge i've had yeah. that happen to me i've had that happen to me where certain plants that i've grown forever like uh my orange blossom plant it just got to a point where it just wasn't performing like it used to and just like you said stuff that i have next to it is just kicking its butt and you know like you know, i it was just i couldn't do anything about it like i had another one um, that i really liked was like original cynics like a really nice one every all my buddies just oh man he's got the cynics when i come over and smoke with them but it just quit and i i'm getting to a point now where my platinum plant that I've had for about seven years, I'm kind of looking at it kind of sideways, like, what's going on here? I'm going to give you one more run. So that definitely is a thing, and that happens. Yeah, I think it's amazing the amount of people who, like, kind of, I guess because they think, like, some plants just, like, just, like, live on and on and on and on. But, like, yeah, like, vigor can be lost. It doesn't have to be hot plate and thyroid. And sometimes the symptoms, I always have to say this, not contradicting Jack, because you can see symptoms, but sometimes you cannot. And like that's kind of the big problem. I always have to mention that in case there's a new person. I agree with that. Heard huh? about this, but yeah, no, you're totally right. And sometimes I think people get it, and they mistake it for vigor, loss, or whatever. But sometimes it is just like the age of the plant. Yeah, like it's a, and you know it's an inconvenient truth, but it definitely is a problem. I, I will say I've never seen like any signs of it in veg or thought to have seen it in veg, but when I've seen it, it's been very, very late flower and one that must've been like really badly infected versus one that was like perfectly healthy. Um, and it was the dark heart nursery, but they're also like selling the, Hey, we've got the tissue culture solution for you. So come to us and we'll make your one that looks like this look like that again, uh, which could be a, a variety of things that they might be fixing up if they tissue culture, your plant, not just top latent viroid, but a million other things. So it's uh that's going to be one that we're going to look at for the next few decades i think and and wonder and i think hopefully seeds will get more and more stable and we'll have uh reliable stuff from seed from more breeders that is highly desirable i know that there's already handfuls of breeders out there that i love growing their seeds but uh for the commercial level to get stuff that's super consistent like that i think we're still working our way towards that not that it can't happen but uh, i don't think that it's happened at a wide enough scale yet so there's still work to be done but that being said, Spartan Grown looks like you just blew out a nice big bong rip. And it's about that time that you usually refill the tray and uh, take care of the dogs before you have to head on over to the Michigan Bros Pro Show. So any final thoughts and shout outs for tonight? I just want to shout out to the Camp Compost crew in Michigan here. We had that event this weekend. <coughs> in fact, I think it's probably just now getting over. Yeah, around this time. But um. We, we ended up leaving about a day early because I knew there was some rain predicted coming in and we ended up driving through rain on the way home. So I'm kind of happy I missed that. I'd rather be in a car than a tent when it's raining. Anyhow, it was a super awesome event. Um, learned all kinds of 
awesome demonstrations, man. They had like a biochar demonstration. Uh, um, the inoculating old uh, hemp, um, like st sticks and stems, and how you can inoculate those with the uh, old mushroom spawn bags, and all kinds of just cool little tips and tricks. Composting, static piles, uh, thermophilic piles, or bukashi composting. You know, something that would be near and dear to Brandon's heart. All kinds of cool shit, and I mean, that was that was day one. So that and there, I mean, there's, I don't want to take up too much time going on and on, but there's they taped it all, and I think they're going to put them online for everybody to watch for free. So just uh, keep an eye out for that. And um, I just want to thank everybody on the panel. It's always awesome to hang out with you guys. I thought I was going to miss you this week, but uh, as another thing, I wanted to decision on coming back a day early. It's like hell yeah, I'll be able to do my podcast. So. Awesome hanging with you guys. And then last but definitely not least, chat. Man, it's always great to see you. And it looked like today was a, an extra pretty busy day. I don't know. We must be doing something right, guys, because chat seems to be growing pretty big. I saw like in the high 80s or even higher maybe. Anyways, shout out to chat. Good to see you, everybody. I'm going to head over to the Michigan Girls Grow Show. See you guys there in about 15 minutes. I think I heard rumor that maybe we are talking to Uncle Rick. I think Uncle Rick's going to be our guest today. So I'll see you guys over there in a little bit. Thanks, guys. Awesome Everybody stuff. keep on growing. I almost oh, forgot. Yeah. Keep growing. <laughs> Always keep growing. Grow love, Spartan. See you guys. Absolutely. Keep on growing. And not to uh, shamelessly plug our own show, but make sure you subscribe because I've been told by a few people that they got unsubscribed. They didn't hit unsubscribe. YouTube randomly unsubscribes people. And unfortunately, in certain communities like the cannabis community and others that are suppressed uh, on the internet, I think, Maybe people are just unsubscribing and they don't want to admit it. But I, I do think that occasionally that this has actually happened to me on other content out there that's restricted uh, on YouTube. And like, for, I'll just throw it out there. Guns, for example, are highly restricted on YouTube. And if you watch certain people that make gun content, occasionally my channel, I stop getting notifications and I stop being subscribed to them and I didn't unsubscribe. So I don't know. It's one of those things. If you do want to support the channel, make sure that you are subscribed. We were over 5K and then we dropped under 5K. So it was one of those things. Maybe everybody's pissed off that Jack Maybe skipped the show last too. week. That's true. Yeah. YouTube does clear out bots. So yeah. Kind of and they periodically go through and like recalculate your followers and your subscribers. And you lose some or gain some sometimes randomly because of that. But yeah. Yeah. Don't let the algorithm defeat point. us, chat. Come on, support. Only, Even uh, people who are like grossly more popular than us, like, will like, you know, they'll devote a significant, well, a small portion of their video to like, hey guys, I looked at my analytics guys and 90% of you aren't subscribed. So you better subscribe now, LOL. Like, comment, subscribe, and give me a comment about what you think about my opinion so the engagement goes up. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's sort of contrived. Maybe that's to my detriment. A little heavily handed, yeah. <laughs> Some people start the video with that. They're like, hey, yeah, before you start watching, like, comment, and subscribe. And I'm like, I haven't even watched the video yet. How am I supposed to know if I'm going to like it? What if you start saying some crazy ass shit? That's why I'm dropping it two hours in. We gave you an hour and 45 minutes of content so far for free. So right. all I'm asking is if you want to see more of it, just hit, this, you know, hit that little button down there. Make sure you can uh, keep popping in because we do have uh, a great chat. It's a big part of the show. Many weeks, we actually just answered questions for the new people that are out there. I have seen some new names in the chat. It's always great to see new people popping in. And it's always great to see the regulars out there. Uh, we got all those people with the blue wrenches. They've been around for a long time. Respect them or and respect everybody else in the chat or else they'll 
you know, make sure that you're being respectful because this is a community where you're trying to support people. All questions are welcome and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we try to keep it positive here. I'm definitely uh, feeling good right now. Had a good, I feel like this was a, a fun little mix sometimes where we talk, grow at the front and then a little bit more like relaxed in the back, a little bit about music, even though we ended up talking about growing even more at the second half. So it works out. I think that the chat looks like they were having a good time. I definitely had a good time. And I'm curious if uh, Tao has any final thoughts before we close it out. Oh, Noah's saving the day. He's um, going to spotlight his card. There you go. Yeah. Red, Red Rover, let Noah. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, kind of busy at the wrong times. Not been able to come in here and show my room off a little bit. This is that uh, this is that runs plant right here that I just posted, and uh, I'm getting ready to pull that down here in a day or two. I'm kind of checking it out, starting to get you know some of the leaves are drying up, and uh, it's probably about day 62 right around that range right now. Yep, just uh, giving a quick one. This is that new moon boots right here, apple fritter. I mean, that's gelato, gelato apple fritter. Yeah. Sherbado, Overflow, G, Platinum, Purple Punch. Old school Gorilla Glue right here. Yep. Yeah, been trying to keep it uh, hitting and hitting the marks. And um, yeah, I hope everybody's growing that's going out there that's watching and uh, is doing what they're wanting it to do. And uh, if not, you're at the right place. You can ask a lot of these guys here. I hope you guys get going good. That's what it's all about. Growing lots of uh, fire tops like this, man. I know you've got that net pretty filled in. Lots of uh, interesting strains, beautiful looking buds, frosty as hell in there. Master of the craft. I always love uh, checking out your garden when you walk us through. I don't know if I said it on air or not, but you were one of those people super dedicated. Even when you only had one working leg, you were out here, you know, getting uh, the job done. So you made it happen when it was uh, even physically difficult for you. Uh, so I'm really happy to see that you keep that dedication up, especially oh, like years, it, years into the game. Sometimes it's easy to lose that passion or lose that drive when things start going well. Like Ty was saying, I, I get guilty of that myself where when things are going really well, it's easy to just kind of let the foot off the uh, accelerator a little bit and just be like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Everything's coasting. I don't got to worry. I don't got to check it as much. And then bam, that's when you get hit with something. So it's always good to be diligent. I really like Tao's advice about checking what time your lights come on and go off. Um, that's, that's so key for out here. It's a few hours can really make a huge difference on your bills. And uh, we're trying, we're, we are the cheap home grow. We're trying to save you the most amount of money. So I think, uh, yeah making sure that you don't accidentally run your lights during peak hours would be a kind of a, a bad thing to do with your grow as far as financial advice. So definitely make sure you're not doing that. Always good to double check. This is your reminder of the show. Go check your timers if you have them and uh, keep on growing like, like Spartan always says. And I'm going to pass it to Doc because I know you've got some great stuff that you want to plug coming up and we'll go into our final thoughts and shout outs. Well, sure. I think we should just plug the uh, Last Prisoner Project show next week again. Um, 
We'll be doing that. So if you guys are looking for this show next week, be sure to go to the Let's Be Buds YouTube channel. We're all showing up over there to, to partake in this sort of chat-a-thon, telethon, what have you, all day event to raise awareness, raise money and raise, you know, letters written for the Last Prisoner Project. These are people um, in jail for cannabis-related offenses. And, you know, hopefully, I think a lot of people in our community should see a certain amount of injustice there. So a um, bunch of people are involved in, you know, in this show, Small Poker and Crispy Wannabe are involved in, in helping this set up and they're kicking it off on their show um, next Sunday. So plan to be involved in that and, and see if you can, you know, write a letter or make a donation or just follow along during the day and boost the the follower counts, the, the watch statistics and help the show, you know, reach a larger audience. Yeah, that is actually a thing. Like when people start hitting the the thumbs up during a live show like that, especially when there's a lot of new audiences joining, it helps people find it easier in the search. The algorithm put, pushes it up a little bit higher so that more people can get in there and support yeah. the cause because it's a great cause. I mean, why not, you know, share? Uh, Smart Poker and Crispy are really active on social media, sharing it in their stories, posting it on their Instagrams. And I've seen them really, really making sure that people know about this. So I think uh, following their lead is a great thing to do. And this is a cause I agree we can all get behind because um, whether or not you've been involved with something that put you in that situation or not, I think that you can put yourself in their shoes for uh, a moment, at least mentally, and think that, you know, you wouldn't want to be there. And if you were there, it'd be a lot nicer to have somebody on your side supporting you. And I, I do believe that, you know, getting those letters and they could even use that as some support to say like, hey, look, you know, people are advocating that I shouldn't be here. And like, yeah, uh, people love to hate her, but like Kim Kardashian West has done a lot to get people out of prison, not just for cannabis, but, um, you know, innocent people that unfortunately got wrapped up in the justice system and people make mistakes in, in everything uh, from courts to any business. So it happens. And unfortunately, people's lives are what is at stake. So getting innocent people out or people that had, you know, what now is not even considered a crime anymore. It's considered a legal business in many of the states is a. Uh, super important to get those people out. So that said, next I want to pass it to Matthew Gates. Yeah, I, I think there was a pretty laid back. I like that we got to talk about music. Um, and yeah, like if you're interested in that, I, uh, I haven't published anything in a long time, uh, but I do have a bit of a album. I like to call it um, Calyptostasis, which is the technical term for the pupil stage sort of of a uh, of a mite like a broad mite for example and um it's sort of a metaphor for staying inside a shell even though you're fully capable of getting out of it that's not really relevant to me specifically but um you know sometimes you want to be a little cozy i suppose in this very harsh world so you can check that out soundcloud.com slash sync angel you can also find me <laughs> on Instagram at SyncAngel and on Twitter at SyncAngel. And you can also, if you're interested, um, join my Patreon Discord server, subscribe for $1 a month, and you can get access to me and a bunch of other people recently who have actually joined um, and ask your IPM questions because on social media, it is actually really hard for me to get to everyone. Um, I actually timed it recently uh, I let a bunch of messages get uh, full, you know, and I got I had over like 50 plus 
And it, 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 it took me a long time, uh, even giving very short or restricted answers or a video or something from my channel. You can also find me on Zenthanol, the YouTube channel, the same account that I'm commenting on. And uh, with that, I'll bid you adieu. It's been a pleasure as always. And for the people that uh, like to just be able to click on the links, I do drop them in the chat as soon as I write up the description and stuff after the show. So it'll be there within the next 30 minutes or so when the show is all posted to the YouTube. And Doc, I didn't know you mentioned the last prisoner project, but did you have a chance to share your social medias and website and stuff? <laughs> no, I'll do stuff like that. Yeah. I am Dr. MJ Coco from CocoForCannabis.com. Um, check out CocoForCannabis.com. We have a great community over there. We do grow challenges. Everybody grows together. We're doing the plant training grow challenge right now. I've got my little plants growing and I'm excited to update my journal. And um, yeah, it's just fun growing together. I love doing this show every week. I'm also on YouTube, Dr. MJ Coco YouTube channel um on instagram um other places but you know the best place to find me is on cocoforcannabis.com so grower love everyone thanks for being here i look forward to next week um which should be a, a fun different sort of experience i hope everybody shows up but so everybody that's watching now try to show up next week to the to the let's be buds channel so you know we can make this thing a, a big rousing success and we'll try to put on a good show for you as we always try to do um, so grow love to the panel, grow love to the, the chat. Love you guys in the chat. And um, yeah, to everybody in the community, grow love. I think next week will be a good time to maybe take some questions from the chat because we're going to be getting some new audience members, some people that haven't gotten a chance to be exposed to us that will be able to directly interact with them, take their questions and give them hopefully very good, well thought out answers with the entire panel all sharing kind of their different perspectives. So I look forward to it. And um, We'll definitely all be there next week, and I'll make sure to post on Cheap Home Grow where you can find it. The link has been pinned on Spot Poker's uh, comment right there if you want to go and subscribe. I know that many of you may not have wanted to click away earlier because the show has been going on or whatever, but uh, this might be a good time for you to go click on that. And then uh, next up, we got Noah the Grower. Yeah, I had a great time today also. Uh, loved all the topics. I uh, was happy I got to show everybody what my grow room looks like right now. and. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, next week's show. Um, like I said, there was some life-changing stuff that happened to me when I was in my, I think I was probably 20 years old, 20 or 21 when it happened to me. And I was a manager at a restaurant and I was actually smoking. I lost my job. I got, so I lost my job. I got fired. Um, that, so that was embarrassing. Then I had to go to jail for the first time. And, and so I'm really very excited about this upcoming show we're doing next week. And uh, I'm going to get involved. And I, encourage everybody listening to try and get involved because if I can't imagine being locked up for a long amount of time for something that a lot of people just take for granted. So yeah, I'm Noah V. Grow. The two weeks you can find me on Instagram and I'll see everybody next week on that show. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it as well. And it's crazy. Some people are locked up for as little as like two joints for, you know, like longer than some people are locked up for murders. In some cases, it's insane. But uh, with that said, last and certainly not least, the American one. All right, let me not go down a rabbit hole or open a can of worms, but the for-profit prison system is a disgrace, at, much like the for-profit healthcare system, but we won't go there. Um, yeah, show up next week, and even if you can only give a dollar or two or three, it, it's going to be matched. So someone's matching whatever we can, whatever we can uh, get up together, uh, they're going to match it that day on the chat -a -thon. And um, yeah. 
So I hope to see everybody there. And I'm the American one on YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore 18s on the IGs. Most of you know me. And yeah, you can hit me up on the DMs on the IG. I answer just about everyone eventually. And yeah, everyone enjoy the rest of your Sunday and have a great week. Thanks for joining. As always, Tao, uh, pleasure to have you. And last and certainly not least myself, you can find me at Jack Greenstock on Instagram. Jack underscore Greenstock is my backup account there. Also my account on Twitter. Uh, if you want to use a cannabis friendly social media app, check out Cannabuzz. I'm on there. I don't post super often, but I will uh, get back to people in the messages. And I do like to check out people's posts over there. So cool spot. And uh, if you want a copy of my book, 50 Strains of Green, you can still get it at 50strains.com. Uh, I'm working really hard on 50 Strains of Purple right now. I've put in a lot of, a lot of work. I'm over halfway done which I know it doesn't sound like much, but I've been having more time to work on it and uh, it'll be done by the holiday season this year for sure. So I'll announce when there's going to be a pre-order coming up with that, but I'm excited. It's a lot of fun, doing a lot of work, but it's all going to be worth it in the long run to show off some really amazing buds and uh, highlight some awesome breeders. So with that said, Jack Greenstock signing out. Peace and love, everybody. Hope to catch you all next week on the Let's Be Buds channel for the uh, Last Prison Project. Great cause. And I'm really looking forward to being a small part of uh you know, a great thing. So have a great week, everyone. Grow or love, everyone. Keep growing.